0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Expect a Miracle podcast. I'm Richard Roberts. I'm joined again by my podcast producer, Nick Hand. God bless you, Nick. Thanks for joining me again today. Absolutely. Uh, Nick, uh, I'm going to give you a crack at me today, okay? Okay. <laughs> you, Sounds good. You, but, but before we start, I, I want to clear up a couple of things uh, from last week's podcast because I've had some, some comments, some good comments. Yeah. Um, as I was saying last week and talking about the prophetic gifting, uh, a lot of people today are, are very, very interested in, in what's coming Right, And the, the prophet is the one who points the way. And I want to take you, first of all, to Amos in the Bible. Amos chapter 3 and verse 7. I quoted this last week, but I want to, I want to read it to you. Surely the Lord God will do nothing, but he revealeth his secret unto his servants, the prophets. So God reveals his secrets. He reveals the future to his prophets. Yes, there are some real prophets in the land. I realize there's been some abuses, but you don't throw the baby with the bathwater. Okay? Uh, and then also, uh, Nick, over in 2 Chronicles, Second Chronicles uh, chapter 20 and verse 21, Jehoshaphat told the people, uh, let's see, 20, i um, in the right verse. I'm sorry, yeah, the 20th verse, 20th verse. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe his prophets, so shall you prosper. Mm. Um, We have to have the prophetic voice in our lives. And uh, all through the Bible we have prophecy, and, and much of it has been fulfilled, but not all. There are still prophetic words that have been spoken in the word of God that have not yet come to pass. Uh, One of the prophetic words that Jesus uh, gave uh, is that this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all nations as a witness, and then shall the end come. There are still people around the world who've never heard the name of Jesus. And uh, another prophetic word is there's a great end-time transfer of wealth Hmm. that's coming. The Bible speaks of it, and uh, it's coming. How else are we going to finance the great harvest of souls so that every person on the face of the earth has an opportunity to hear about the saving, healing, delivering power of God through faith in His Son, Jesus' name. It's going to take money to do that. And there's going to be a great end-time transfer of wealth. And uh, God, the Bible says uh, that God uh, is, is going to do again what He has done. God has a way of doing what He's done. And uh, if you look at the Bible, you'll find a number of end-time, not end-time, a number of transfers of wealth yeah. that happened. It happened in Abraham's day. Abraham was greatly blessed by Pharaoh. And uh, before you knew it, he had herds, he had flocks, and the Bible says he was very wealthy in gold and silver. Now, when he came out of Iraq, or uh, of the Chaldees, when God spoke to him and said, go to a place I'll show you when you get there, he had virtually nothing. But God blessed him with finances. He also blessed his son, Isaac, Isaac was blessed uh, by, by, by the king as well. And the Bible says that Isaac, uh, Isaac uh, prospered and then became very prosperous. You read that in Genesis. And then uh, uh, Jacob, his, uh, Isaac's son, uh, received a tremendous wealth transfer from his father-in-law Laban. Hmm. And then you see the transfer of wealth in the life of Joseph. Joseph, who came out of, uh, out of prison. And interpreted the king's dream, became a very wealthy man and uh, vice president of of the nation of Egypt. You see, you see that happening there. are Many examples uh, throughout the Word of God. Uh, and uh, look at uh, look at Moses, when he brought two and a half million Israelites out of Egyptian bondage. Uh, one day they were slaves; the next day they were multimillionaires hmm. because they took with them the riches of Egypt. They took with them gold and silver. And precious stones and, and clothing and all that they would need to establish a new nation.
1: Mm. Uh,
0: that was a transfer of wealth. And there was another transfer that happened uh, in the lives of, uh, of four leprous men. And also a great city. If you remember the scripture in the Bible, Samaria had been besieged by the Syrian army. And, uh, and they were boiling the flesh of their own children. They were out of food. They had no, no water, no nothing. And Elisha stood stood up and gave a prophetic word about this time tomorrow. What cost you a hundred dollars will cost you a penny.
1: Hmm.
0: That was a prophetic word. And one guy didn't believe him. He said, it'll never happen. And Elisha said, yeah, it'll happen, but you won't eat it. Hmm. (laughs) And there were four lepers who were sitting at the gate. They weren't allowed in the city because they were lepers. And they're sitting there. And one of them said to the others, why do we sit here till we die? Let's strike a blow for our own deliverance. And they marched against an army of thousands that had besieged the city and cut them off from food and resources. And God supernaturally multiplied their footsteps so it sounded like an entire army coming against them. Hmm. And the, the Syrian army fled in the night. And when they got to the camp, there was all the gold, all the silver, all the ammunition, all the weapons, all the food, everything that the city needed. That was a great wealth transfer, not only blessing those four uh, lepers, but also blessed the city and brought them out of the terrible uh, situation they were in. And God's going to do that again. Yeah, the Bible says so, and it's it's critical. It's important that we understand how important the prophetic voice is. And you know what? Uh, there are a lot of churches that are nonprofit corporations. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they they don't believe in the prophetic. You know, they're scared of it. Hmm. I remember once no names. Okay. Yeah. Um, I invited the number one female gospel singer in America mm-hmm. uh, to come on my television program. And she turned me down. Now this was back at, back at a time when I was the president of the university, she turned me down and I didn't understand why, why, why would she, why would she turn me down? And so I called again, she turned me down and I got her, got her manager on the phone. And, uh, and I said, I don't understand why he said, well, she's, she's scared. Why? Huh. She's scared that you'll prophesy over her and it will ruin her ministry. Oh, wow. And I said, well, that will never happen. Uh, uh, the Holy Spirit's a gentleman. He would never say something like that that would ruin a person's ministry, a ministry given to, to them by him. He said, well, she won't come on. So I said, okay. So a few minutes later, uh, we got a contact. Or she contacted us, or her manager did, wanted to rent our building for a concert. Oh. And I said, no.
1: <laughs> did she ask Why? Uh,
0: and uh, they called back and said, "What do you mean? No, you, you you rent out that building all the time." I said, "Yes, that's right. Said, don't you rent it out to to Christian and non-Christian groups?" Yes, I do. Uh, uh, we had a lot of lot of secular concerts that come in and, and you know and use the building, rent you know lease it out. Yeah. And why won't you let her? I said, because with the water you get the wet. <laughs> I said, yeah. you don't want me, but you want what I've got. Uh huh. And he said, well, what What do I need to do? I said, well, why don't you just decide yourself? So. A few weeks later, I got a call. She'd love to come on your program. <laughs> and, you, and you know she did. And she was tremendous. And she and I became friends. Uh, you know, I was standing up for what's right. Right. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He's not ever going to say anything to you that's going to ruin your life. I promise you that.
1: Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting because in this day and age, Uh, people are, like you said, they're very interested in the spirit realm. They're very interested in topics like prophecy. We see it uh, here at the ministry. If there's things that are even posted through different media outlets on prophecy, the interaction with those things are tremendous. I think a lot of times, sometimes it's the the church world that thinks people are not ready for it or don't crave it or don't want it anymore. Um, But people definitely have an appetite for for things that are more than just circumstance, more than just um, what is. When you talk about the wealth transfer for people that may be new to that type of terminology, you gave different examples uh, through Scripture. Uh, In your mind's eye, what does that mean for modern believers today? What does that look like? What should people be anticipating, expecting, looking for? Uh, The Bible says the wealth of the wicked,
0: the wealth of the sinner, Mm. is laid up for the righteous that doesn't mean we're going to be, we're going to receive those finances when we get to heaven. Mm. That's for this earth. How can you be a blessing if you aren't blessed? The sick cannot help the sick. The poor cannot help the poor. You know, there are a lot of people who want to totally transform our country. They don't want, they don't want there to be men and women who own great companies. They want to decentralize everything. Uh, They they don't want great companies. But if you don't have great companies that have finances, then how are those people going to get jobs? Right. We've got to have great companies in our world. Uh, There is an end time transfer of wealth that is coming into the hands of the righteous. Now, who are the righteous? The righteous are, are those who love God with their heart, soul, mind, and strength, and as Jehoshaphat said, are established in God. And the righteous are those who believe the words of the true prophets. And it's coming. It's also coming to those who are sowers, those who sow into the kingdom of God. God said to Abraham, I will bless you and I will make you a blessing. Abraham couldn't be much of a blessing to anyone until he was blessed himself.
1: Right.
0: Right. And the blessing that comes upon us is not so we can say, look at us, we're blessed. No. It's so that we can become a blessing. So the blessing doesn't stop with us. We're we're not a dead sea. We're a sea of Galilee. I've been to Israel many times, and I'm sure many of our listeners have have been to Israel. If you go up in... uh, up into the the northern part of, uh, uh, up into Galilee, the Galilee area, you find the Sea of Galilee, or what the Bible calls the Lake of Gennesaret. We call it the Sea of Galilee. And it's a beautiful body of water. Uh, It's where Peter got the miracle catch a fish when Jesus entered his boat and said, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. I've been been swimming in the Sea of Galilee before. I've eaten what they call St. Peter's fish in the restaurant right there on the water. And the water's crystal clear. And the reason it's so nice is because it has an intake up the north and then it has an outtake down to the south. So you have water that's coming through it. It's, it's being fed, it's receiving water, and it's giving water. Mm. Now, you go a few miles to the south uh, and you're going to find the Dead Sea. Well, the Jordan River, which flows in and out of the Dead Sea, flows into the Dead Sea, but it stays there. There's no outflow. Wow. The water goes into the Dead Sea and dies. Hmm. And that's why they call it the Dead Sea. And when you drive up to the Dead Sea within a mile or two, if you roll down your window, you're going to smell it because hmm. it stinks. The Dead Sea stinks. And the reason it's dead is because it only receives. It has, it doesn't give out. Right. And there are a lot of Christians that smell. <laughs> yeah. They're dead because, because they're, not, they're not givers. And this end-time transfer of wealth is coming to those who are sowers who hmm. sow their love, their time, their money, their prayers, their smiles, their compassion, a pat on the back, anything like that. That's a seed yeah. that you sow. That's who the righteous are. The righteous are those, and those who are established in God and those who believe the prophetic voice of the Lord.
1: I was going to ask you- You got me preaching here on this. <laughs> that's what you do, preach, just preach. Uh, I was going to ask you along that topic, because when you talk about faith a lot, you talk about scripture, um, when you talk about building your faith, you say things like, faith, get up there to God. There, there's this- um, communication that while there is something available to us, we also have a responsibility. When you talked about those stories, you talked about the guy who didn't believe him, and he told him, "Well, yeah, it won't it won't happen for you." Or you take talk about the people, and, and you
0: know what? Uh-huh. He didn't get, receive it. He didn't receive when, it when the people when the people uh, were told by the four lepers that that all the resources were there, all the food was there, all the riches were there. In the in the stampede of people to go and get the food, that man who did, who didn't believe it was trampled to death.
1: Right, you read it in the Bible. Right. <clears throat> Likewise, the when God multiplied the sound of the footsteps, it's apparent that there's some action expectancy, something for mankind to do to partner with, you know, the prophetic. So that's my question: Is there a responsibility that we have in order for what has been prophesied to come to pass? Yes. Do we participate? Faith
0: without corresponding action is dead.
1: Hmm. You. you
0: you have faith, God gave you faith. The Bible says every person has faith. you have the measure, not a measure, but the measure of faith. But what good is faith if you don't use it right and my father, Earl Roberts, taught me that without God, I cannot, but without me, he will not hmm. Yes, God can only do certain things, but he expects me to do things as well
1: now, so so that specifically though is is a part like with prophecies prophecy does that require faith, so you talk about prophecy is is a, a telling or a, or a declaring of what is to come, are there certain things that maybe don't come to pass that were true prophetic words because I didn't mix my faith with them? I think
0: so. Hmm. I think so. There were, there were a lot of prophetic words given over the last presidential election. Yeah. And some of those words did not come to pass, and some of those people were called false prophets. Hmm. I don't believe they were false prophets. I believe their prophetic word was correct, but I don't, believe, I don't believe that enough people took hold of it, believed it, and released their faith and called it in every day. Mm. You know, sometimes you hear a prophetic word, people say, well, okay, I'll just sit back. I won't do a thing. I won't do, I won't do a thing, you know. You've got to have action. Yeah. I remember when uh, T.L. Osborne, who was a great mentor to me, uh, told me the story of uh, two young men who came to see him. And he said, the two young men said, God has called us to the mission field and told us that we are to go overseas. And uh, we have been in our room for, a uh, we've been praying for a year, believing, you know, and, and T.L. said, well, I can solve your problem for you, you know. And he said, he, he had a, a globe of the world in his office and he spun the globe around and said, just close your eyes and point. Mm. <laughs> and he said, when the globe stopped, he said, "Go there,
1: mm.
0: because they need the gospel." <laughs> Some people hear a prophetic word from God and they 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 say, "Well, I'm just going to sit back and pray and and think about it, and God will have to do all the all the work on it." No, you've got to get involved.
1: Yeah. How do you identify if your involvement is to be just internal expectation or external action?
0: <clears throat> uh, I think the Holy Spirit reveals that to you. Uh, there have been times when I I've said when I've said, "Lord." I'm releasing my faith on this word. I don't know how to bring it to pass, but if you show me what you want me to do, I will do it. And there are other times when when I hear a prophetic word, when just inside me, I know what to
1: do, hmm. and I begin doing it. So like even in, the, in talking about the wealth transfer, <clears throat> um, so if you're wanting to mix faith with that, you have the in, internal expectation, God, I, I am trusting and believing that you're doing this. When you sow your seed, when you're giving, you know, you talk about that side, the action part, is it appropriate to name your seed? Is it appropriate to say, I'm believing, God, that that wealth transfer is coming to me in my household, Absolutely. my family?
0: I did it this morning just driving here to our office to do this podcast mm. because I've been out on the field the last few days preaching. Yeah. And I said, Lord, I sowed seed into a lot of people's lives this weekend. There were a tremendous number of people who came forward uh, this past Sunday, as we're, as we're making this uh, podcast, this past Sunday, with healing testimonies as a result of the prayer that I prayed. That was seed that I sowed. Mm. The sermons that I that I, I preached, those were seeds. We had a question and answer session with with about 800 people, that, uh, and I took I was the only one taking the questions, that lasted for about an hour. That was a seed. I said, we're going to have a time of questions, whatever you want to ask Richard Roberts, and you never had an opportunity. And it was, Katie, bar the door. I mean, it was...
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, 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 it, it, I said, that's a seed that I sowed. And I said, Lord, I'm calling those things that be not as though they are. You said there's going to be a great wealth transfer. I believe it's going to be in my lifetime. I believe it's going to come very, very soon. And I'm calling it in, in the authority of Jesus' name. And I'm placing a demand upon the angels of the Lord to go and get it. And for Satan to loose his grip off of the finances. Yeah. So I, I'm active in it. I'm calling it forth every day
1: how scripturally speaking, how do we know that it's appropriate to, to name our seed, to say that I'm sowing for this?
0: Um, well, Jesus said, give and it shall be given to you. Huh. And he even descri- described how it would come to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. And I believe in sowing for a, what I call a desired result. And I think God gave us the formula. God gave his only begotten son so that men and women would not perish. God named his seed. He sowed his son on the cross so that men and women like you and me and others could have an opportunity to have abundant, everlasting, eternal life. Mm. He named his his seed. He actually, he did more than that. He named his harvest in advance.
1: Mm.
0: And every time someone gives their heart to Christ, God gets a harvest on the seed he sowed when he sowed his son. Remember it says in third john in, in John three sixteen God loved the world so much that he gave so that right he gave for a reason for a desired result He gave so that men and women would not perish but have everlasting
1: life that's really good so so when it comes to prophecy, prophetic is it your uh, your take on it that people should, if it's a true word from God, we should treat it? Do we treat it the same way we do Scripture in the sense of joining our faith with it, stepping out on it?
0: Well, if you are like me and you believe that the Bible is the Word of God, and if you are like me when you receive a true prophetic word that witness with your spirit, I think they're one and the same. Huh. Because God speaks in a number of ways. He speaks through... The Logos, which is the written word of God, which I'm holding today in my hands. But he also speaks by rhema, by a, a word, yeah. uh, by today. So God, you, you, you can hear God's voice through the word of God, and you can hear his voice supernaturally. So God is natural, and he's supernatural. Right. He's naturally supernatural.
1: But in the prophecy, though, would you say it would always be? You get me talking about a lot of different things on this podcast.
0: (laughs) I hope uh, the people listening are having as much fun as I'm having today. (laughs) You're so good at it. Nick, it reminds me of this service we had this past weekend. Um, I just opened up and let it fly. I yeah. let everybody ask questions. Nothing nothing pre chosen. Some people do that and you know they have cards or oh, they're only going to answer certain questions. Yeah. No. I answered I answered the That's questions dangerous. as they came. It is dangerous. So dangerous. And <laughs> they asked some pretty tough questions too.
1: <laughs> I'll ask and, this last So do you. <laughs> I know, I know. I'll ask this last thing and we can wrap it up. But, but- you know what? People people like real. No, yeah. Well, especially uh, in topics like they this. They want you to
0: be, they want to see your vulnerability. They they want to see how you are,
1: Yeah, you know,
0: and we have a tendency to put these, these men and women who were prophetic voices in the Bible, we have a tendency to put them up on the, put them up on on, on a pedestal. Right. No, these were men. Yeah. These were women. They They, they were human beings. Yeah. You know? They, they had problems. They, they got angry. Elisha got so angry at Joash, you know, he died. Yeah. <laughs> and they buried him, and a, and a group came along behind and threw the body of a dead man in the same grave, and when the bones of the dead man touched Elisha's dead bones, the man rose from the dead.
1: Mm.
0: <laughs> There's the power of God on an anointed person who has a prophetic gifting in their life.
1: Yeah. This may seem like a no-brainer question to you as we kind of wrap-up, but is there ever a time that a prophetic word can be accurate and not line up with Scripture? No,
0: I don't think so, uh, uh, because uh, God, uh, God is not uh, two-faced. Mm. I believe that every prophetic word lines up with the Bible. Mm. Now, if you just take a quick cursory look at the Bible, you may not find that scripture. Mm. But if you take the time and study, a true word of God will always be backed up by the Bible. And that's why my father taught me, Richard, in your ministry, don't do things that you can't back up with scripture. Mm said, people can be upset at you, but they can't be upset because of what you're doing because it's backed up by the word of God.
1: Yeah, I'll
0: give you an example. One night, Lindsay and I were on television just some years ago. And during that time, we were doing our programs live. And we had a big audience. And the Lord spoke to me during the program and said, put your hands up and ask people to come to the television set and put their hands up against your hands. And when I heard that voice inside me say that, I didn't know what to do. My mind started working, and my mind said, now, God, now, I'm talking under my breath now to, right. the, to the Lord. The program's on the air. We're live. Yeah. And I'm talking, I said, God, I don't want to do that. There are a lot of people think I'm nuts already. I don't want to do something that's going to be misunderstood. Uh, you don't have to show me that, God. And so I, dis- I didn't do it. I disobeyed. Wow. And when I got finished with the program, I called my dad. And I said, Dad, this is what happened in the program tonight. I disobeyed. I didn't do it. And I said, you taught me, if you can't find this in the word of God, don't do it. Because a lot of people think I'm crazy anyway, and I, I don't, I don't want to confirm it. My right. dad started laughing at me. And he said, do you remember the scripture in the book of Acts where the Bible says God brought special miracles through the hands of Paul? Hmm. And I said, I've got a scripture. Yeah. I can back this up now with the word of God. So the next night on the air live, I told that story. I didn't do what what the Lord said last night on the program. And I called my father, just what I just told you. Because I'm a a vulnerable person. I tell tell it all. And and I said, I want you to come up and put your hands up against the screen. And I said, now, I want you to understand where I'm coming from. It's not because my hands are going to heal you. But my hands are going to become a point of contact to help you to release your faith. And Nick, there were so many miracles that night that came as a result of that. Not because of my hands or me, but because people had a point of contact to help release their faith when I prayed, and healings happened. But I had a scripture to back it up with. And if somebody criticized me, i say, well, now you, you, you're, you're not criticizing me. You're criticizing the Bible. You're criticizing the Apostle Paul because yeah. God brought special miracles through the hands of Paul. Wow. That's powerful. So I make sure when I hear a word, I make sure it's backed up by scripture, or I'm not going to say it. And I think that's one of the great problems in ministry today, especially among young ministers who don't have a mentor. Yeah. They don't have a spiritual father. Right. Paul said, we have not many fathers. He didn't say we don't have enough. He just said, we don't have many. Mm. Uh, every young minister out there needs to have a spiritual mentor. Mm. And I've had those mentors in my life all these years who, who spoke into my life and held me accountable. Yeah. Uh, you know, I can remember times when uh, I would say something on television and my father would call me afterwards and say, Richard, I heard you say this on your program, get your Bible and come up to the house. I knew <laughs> really? what that meant. I, it meant I was going to the woodshed. <laughs> he would do that to yes. you, huh? Oh and my he would say, I heard you say this, show me that in the word of God. Really? <laughs> and if I couldn't show him that in the Bible, uh-huh. he would say, Richard, you shouldn't say that. Mm. Wow. And I'd have to go back on television and correct it. I had someone who cared enough about me. Yeah. And I wanted to be accurate. Right. And I wanted to be scriptural. So I had someone watching out over me. Yeah. And and uh, my father was like that to me. Uh, uh, Kenneth Copeland was like that to me. Uh, Brother John Osteen, a great friend of mine, was was, was a mentor to me. T.L. Osborne, like that, was a mentor to me. Catherine Kuhlman was a mentor to me. All those, and and others I could name helped me and and would call me and say, I heard you say this, explain that to me. <laughs> and and they held me accountable. Yeah. And one of the big problems I see in young ministers today is they have nobody holding them accountable. Right. They write books, they say all kinds of crazy things, they get crazy ideas, they write it in a book, they preach it in a sermon, they can't back it up with the Word of God. Yeah, And it turns a lot of people off.
1: Oh yeah. Certainly turns me off, especially with topics
0: topics like this yeah. the, the prophetic. So you you make sure any any young ministers listening today, make sure what you say is not some new theology that you created or you heard somebody preach. No, no, make sure it's backed up by the word of God.
1: Yeah. For for uh preachers in this day and age, how do they how do they if they don't have that mentor in this in this day especially with the emergence of Fain the... One. How do you, how do you do that? Start looking. <laughs> Will you mentor me? So there, used you to use to that? A, there used
0: to be a, an oil rig drilling company in Oklahoma. It was called Western. Mm. And they, they sold oil rigs. It's a big oil producing state in Oklahoma. Yeah. They, you're wondering where I'm going with this. <laughs> they, so, they sold oil, rig, oil rigs, and the company's called Western. And they had TV commercials, and they, they had a woman who was the average, who was the, the spokesperson, and she would say, "If you don't have an oil well, get one. You'll love doing business with Western. <laughs> if you don't have a mentor, get one. Get one. Start looking. Yeah, you're not going to find one sitting on your tail. Uh, yeah. get up and look for one. They're out there. Yeah, that's good. Paul said we don't have many. He didn't say we don't have enough.
1: That's good. If you'd like more information on any of the topics we discussed today, you can visit richardroberts.org. There's tons of resources there for you and your families. Would you like to pray us out today? Are you Are going to finish that? I'm going to Pepper? take a
0: sip of Dr. Pepper here while you're talking. Talk about five more seconds.
1: I, I interrupted him. You can also follow uh, Richard online or on uh, Instagram at Richard Roberts Official.
0: Father, right now, I'm going to put up my hands like I just described, and I know that People are not watching right now because this is just audio only today. But my friends, there is no distance in prayer. God is right here where Nick and I are, here in my office. But He's also right where you are. There is no distance in prayer. And I want you to put your hands up as if you're touching mine. Not because my hands have any power. You know that my hands have no power and I know that my hands have no power. But our hands together Bridge the distance and become a point of contact to help you to release your faith. So, even as you're stretching your hands out, and I'm stretching my hands out now, I come against this satanic attack and I say to the devil, You loose God's property. You take your hands off every man and woman listening to this podcast. And I pray right now in Jesus' name for the healing touch of Jesus to come into your life, in your mind in your body, in your family, in your finances, in your job, in your ministry, in your business, in your marriage, in your relationships, in your emotions, in the authority of Jesus' name. And I believe God for a miracle in your life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you all. Thanks for watching or listening, I should say, today. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye for now. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Expect a Miracle with Richard Roberts. Please share with your friends on social media and help spread the healing, saving good news of Jesus with others. Have you checked out our YouTube channel? It's packed with videos that will build your faith for these challenging times. You can watch the latest programs, The Place for Miracles and Make Your Day Count. Also take a look at the encouraging messages from Lindsay's prophetic dream teachings. In addition, Richard has specific healing prayers you can use. It's all here on our YouTube channel. Just go to youtube.com slash Richard Roberts Ministries. And don't forget to subscribe.